podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Come on, shut Hello and welcome to the Fighting Cock podcast, episode 10 of this season thus far. Tottenham Hotspur just beaten Wolves 1-0. And can we just start, I think the best place to start is, given the fact that there's a lot of transfer news going around Spurs at the moment, that Adama Traore is the guy that Spurs want. And I've never seen, I've never been more fearful of a player ever. And, and I've seen Messi destroy us at Wembley than I was when uh, Traore just picked the ball up at any moment. It just every time we got the ball, it just felt, we're not going to uh, 
we're not going to get the ball off him. <laughs> he's going to cause us absolute damage. And I get he's got an issue in, you know, his final ball. But we've got Billy and we've got Alex from Bristol, who was at the game. But actually, let's start with you, Al. From, yeah. You know, it's different from watching on telly uh, than it is inside the stadium. Did you have that trepidation every time he got the ball? Um. Yeah, but not <laughs> not not ridiculously. I mean, he's watching him in in full pace in real life is 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 quite remarkable. I must admit, oh, mate, he's um, a specimen, isn't he? But what what you could see was the fear of defenders getting anywhere near him. As soon as he got even a yard close to the to the edge of the box, they all dropped. They all yeah. dropped a yard, yeah. two yards, and I think what he gives. What he would give is when you have got teams that are just um, defending very resolutely, it, it just makes them, it, it adds an element of chaos to it. It adds an element of um, of panic because, I mean, you saw it. He went past Tanganga twice, uh, like he wasn't there, you know, ri- ridiculously so. And it just um, it just adds that extra layer. I'm, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be well excited. I'll have him over Bergwijn any day of the week. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think that's even a debate, is it? I think it is. <laughs> Billy, would you have um, a Triori over Bergwijn? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, I think there'd be really two pretty decent options. I thought Bergwijn had a pretty good game yesterday and had a pretty good game against Man City, but there's still um, still something lacking in the final third a bit. I think signing Triori would be a bit like taking like acid to a house party, like. Eight out of ten times, it's going to go pretty horrifically wrong. But the two times <laughs> that it goes right, it's going to be like the best party ever. So um, I think people are bemoaning like his uh, lack of goals and assists. But I think if you put him in a team with Kane and so on, if we do manage to keep Kane, I think you're going to see a different story. I think the numbers are going to come up. Um, and I, exactly like Alex said, it's that chaos, the sort of factor that you can't really defend against. You can't defend against a pace like that. There's just nothing you can do. You can like double up on him. Um, I don't know if you've seen, there's an interview Jan Vertonghen doing the rounds again today. That was from 2010, where he says uh, he's played against like Messi, Suarez, Aguero and all these players. But the, the hardest game he's ever had was Wolves away when he was up against Traore. He said it's <clears throat> the toughest player he's ever came against. So, you know, I think, he's I think... still like he's only t- he's only 25. So like some of the things that I've been thinking of, I mean, it's not a direct comparison with Bergman. Of course, it's not. But um, yeah, I, I thought he was older than that. So he's still got a lot of a lot of room to improve, and I think if the way that Nuno obviously wants to play, we are still playing a relatively low block and counter. It's just not quite as um, miserably played uh, as it was before, and you know because Wolves were kind of all over us to be quite frank for most yeah, they of were, it. They were um, really good. They, were they didn't really, have really... a huge. He didn't have a huge amount of space, you know, to be run, other than that one on one with Hugo made a you know a wonderful save. You know, that's what we'll get more of, I think. I think you'll have more of those opportunities in our team than perhaps he does uh, with Wolves. But I think, yeah, yeah, with with Wolves, like, he's always going to struggle because he doesn't have Harry Kane and Son to pass to. And uh, there there were moments in that game where you think he should have done better with the final ball and not not least the the chance where he went through against um, Lloris. But I've seen Son... Miss chances like that. I, I've seen I've seen Harry Kane miss chances one on one, but not as regularly. I didn't when he went through. I was like, just for a moment, I was like, thank God it's him, not Jimenez, because 
I felt like he was going to miss, but it wasn't what he did in the final third. And this isn't going to come to a, a, a surprise to anybody, but his control and what he did to the game, every time he got the ball, was make our entire system, and I'd imagine Nuno, think, how do we stop this guy? How do we how do we how do we figure out a, a way to stop someone who finds it so easy to dominate his area of the pitch? And, and also, you know, though, like you're talking about end product with him, but there's a reason why you know he's been at the clubs he's at and, and that he's at Wolves and that he might come to Tottenham because if he had the end product, he wouldn't be anywhere near fucking Wolves or coming to Tottenham. <laughs> He'd be still be playing for Barcelona. What do you want? Like, he goes, like, oh, shit, he's shit behind the wall. All right, he's not messy. It's so that, true. That's why we can sign him. I also I also think as well, like, we've given Nuno such an uphill start. Like, we've chucked him into, like, the biggest transfer saga of the of the window um, with the Kane thing. And he's handled it really, really well. And whatever's happened to him with Kane is absolutely nothing to do with Nuno. It doesn't rub off on him whatsoever. Um, so I think we owe him a signing, to be honest, because, you know, he's he's been battling uphill since the moment he got here because of this whole Harry Kane thing. Um, I think we owe it to Nuno to sign a player that he knows and that he obviously wants as well. So I think I'd, I'd be all on board with the signing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I, so we, when we recorded the last podcast, I was I was saying that you know we'd I'd be up for signing Traore because um, you know of, of all, all of the great things we saw him do against Spurs. And I thought, but a fair fee wouldn't be forty five million. A fair fee would be twenty five thirty. But oh, after that game, I was like, yeah, just pay the money forty five. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not our money. If they, no, if they think they can afford it and they can't get, and that's the best option that they think they can get, you know, us saying, "Oh, well, what about this lad from, you know, Bologna?" They will give us a fuck. <laughs> pay the money. <laughs> Just get it done. Uh, does does he? If we do buy him, does he give us an extra dimension that we don't already have? Like we're good th- on the break anyway. Yeah, I th- I think it's just uh, just another like the word I keep coming back to that Alex used earlier is the chaos. I think it's the chaos factor. Like we do have pretty good ball carriers and Mora, Bergwijn. They are good players on the counter anyway. But I think this just he's sort of another level from those two because he's got the pure pace, which they don't. They you know they're both pacey players. Don't get me wrong, but he's got that sort of the strength and the pace on another level to even those two. So I do, even though we do have some similar wingers in our in our in our ranks already, I do think this is like a step up from those two. And, and it's just like the the fear factor, isn't it, of playing against Traore? Like I think it's the last three or four times we've played Wolves, he's absolutely ruined us almost every mm. time. So yeah, it'd be, the, the thing is, it'd, it'd be worth spending thirty forty million just so we don't have to play him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's part of my thinking. I got to be honest, but um. The, the thing is, if it looks like Ndombele is going to go, which is which is a shame, but what yesterday showed, it's hard, it was hard to kind of tell against Man City because, you know, you're up against it and, and you have to play a certain way. But um, with, against, against Wolves, I mean, it was so... It was, I mean, it was excruciatingly painfully obvious of how we need someone that can just progress the football past, a, a, you know, a first press or just get past one person just to get us out of that area of being pressed on the edge of our, in the middle of our own half. It was on, it was really painful at times yesterday and it was a frustrated away end. Wolves away end is really weird anyway, because you get that whole lower tier. So you're spread out quite a lot, but um, yeah, it was, it was hard work. It was hard work for 40, 50 minutes of that match was, was hard work. And we need someone that can just inject 
even if it is just pace, because then when it was doing long balls, because there was quite a few times where long balls, it just became our our go-to to try and get out of these First situations. First half, definitely, yeah. At least then, if you know you've got someone as quick as that, you're like, well, yeah, all right, you might actually get one. But watching watching Bergwijn kind of just trundle along was like, well, you might as well just stay where you are, mate. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Uh, we got. Uh, I just want to finish on um, Adama Traore with a few questions from people on Twitter. Cody Nor he says Adama will be the right wing player we never knew we needed. I think we. Uh, I think the people who currently don't want him are going to fall in love with him as soon as we sign him. He's the kind of energy going forward that we miss. I don't think. I, I don't think any of our forwards are. You know, if you take away Son and Kane. Are as good as Traore at doing that, but I don't think. Like, look at the Man City game; we we just demolished them on the break over and over again, and it was because they were so far forward. And I actually think that Wolves um, tactically played us much better than mm. than uh, the Man City did. Um, but by by the same token, we just couldn't. Like the, the ball wasn't falling for us, and didn't quite work. We've got another one from Staines, uh, Dan Staines Spurs. He says. Does this game show that we're missing that one player in midfield who can boss a game and grab it by the scruff of the neck? And Dombley surely isn't the answer as our win percentage is far higher with, than, than without him. Uh, Creative, I, yeah, so, creatively, yes. I mean, it was so obvious yesterday. It was it was painful because, I mean, that game was calling out for, for Tango and Dombley. You know, it needed someone who could get the ball... Get the ball with, with facing our own goal, get receive the ball and be able to turn... And get past someone, and, and open up the pitch, and it, we just couldn't do it. Skip. I, I, I mean, I'm, it's it's weird when you're watching the game from the stands, and then you come out, and it's been so long since I've done it. When you come out and then see what everyone else is saying about it, I thought Skip really, really struggled. I thought he did the the basics right, you know, getting himself into tackles and and being in the right positions. But I just thought he looked he looked like he got swallowed up a little bit. Um, and Hoiberg um, was was trying to do an awful lot of it, you know, not by himself, but it looked like that. I mean, we got overrun in midfield, but creatively, yeah, that's that's what we're missing. And, and what Triori would do, right, is Lucas is the prime example of what Triori would actually give us, I think, because regardless of whether he scores or assists or whatever, and you want to look at his numbers that way, what Triori does do is is how he performed yesterday. It's pretty consistent for him. Whether he gets a goal or an amazing assist. That's like the icing on the cake, but he does perform like that most of the time. Whereas Lucas has his games against City, which is brilliant, and then yesterday, which was you know it was pretty anonymous, and so at least we'd have that level of consistency um, with him. Yeah, we had a question yeah. from and and sorry, Billy, before you go, we had a question from Andreas, and he said, "Why can't Lucas ever perform two games on the bounce consecutively? It's just something you can't do." Yeah, I just I think you know it's. Not necessarily a slight on the player. I just don't think he's that level of goodness. Like he's not that level of player. He's just—he's a very solid six, seven out of ten player. Um, he's a consistently, you know, working incredibly well for the team. But he's just not that proper world-class player that's going to give you that back-to-back performance. And he does come up with it now and then, like he did against Man City. He's just—he's never going to be that guy consistently. Um, so I do think having an option like Traore. One thing I will say about Traore is I think he's got that sort of. Aaron Lennon factor. You know, when, when he used mm. to go to the old White Hart Lane and Aaron Lennon used to get the ball, every single person used to stand up in the stands. Yeah. It was like, amazing. I think if we get Traore there, it'll be the same sort of... It's that sort of thinking of, you know, something amazing could happen when this guy's got the ball. And I think was... Traore would be exactly the same as that. I was thinking the same thing when um, when I was you know, thinking, like, just 
15 minutes before we started recording, I was thinking if we could sign Traore and he, you know, we might get him for 30, 35 million pounds, whatever it might be. If we bought him for that much and he gave us as much as Aaron Lennon did throughout his career at Tottenham, then that would be money well spent. It really will. And, um, you know, there are comparisons between Aaron Lennon and Traore. I do think, I genuinely think that Traore is a better player, even even now. Like, I think we'll though. be offering them. I think we'll be offering them some players. I think there might be someone going the other way from us on loan or something like that. There'll, there'll be, you know, we'll we'll get a decent deal. I, I think I don't worry about Tottenham when it comes to us spending money we haven't got <laughs> because you know we don't spend money that we have got, let alone what we haven't. So mm. it's. Um, yeah, it'll, it, it's, it'll, it'll be all right. I know people worrying about the money. It could be spent in other areas. But if Kane looks like he's staying, and I, and I think he is, then I think it's not a bad... I think it's okay. I, I think that's all right. Yeah, having Traore, Kane, Son, Deli, Birdvine, Lucas, that's not a bad you know, selection of five front front players. No, and the thing know. is of Traore as well, almost every team doubles up on him. You, you have to, really. And if you double yeah. up against Tottenham and you've got Son and Kane... Um, up front as well. Like, there's going to be so much more space for those two. So I think it could be, could could there's a, there's a chance it could be a really effective signing. I think. Yeah, I'm fucking excited. Come on. Yes. <laughs> I, I like if, if we do get him, I genuinely think we're we're, we're within a shout of getting top four, hundred um, percent. Alex, you mentioned Skip being swallowed up there. I I didn't think that he had a worse game in midfield than Hoybier did. Um, I thought it was really tricky for him. Um, if you play both of those, you're going to have to give up some level of control in midfield. And it was only when Lacelso came on in the second half where we started to take hold of the ball and dictate the game somewhat. And that probably coincided significantly with Wolves' um, tiring because the first half, it was one of the best displays against the Spurs side I'd seen in a long while. I can't think of another one. But so certainly... Against, you know, Wolves are, you know, a mid-table club. It's not like, you know, you can say, like, Man City played really well against us for 15 minutes and, and they might, have, you know, Arsenal played well, well against us in and, and so did Chelsea in, at times in the pre-season. But they, they're expected to because they've got the money, they've got the quality, they, they spend significant amount in wages and it's it, you, you, at some point you have to give up some possession and realise, actually, we're going to be passed around here, but... As long as we can pat, we'll be okay. But Wolves, they did it in a way that I hadn't seen a team do it against Spurs. Certainly from their stature that ever before. I thought I thought they were unbelievably good. It was it was weird but, really because the atmosphere was was you know home first home game back for them, so the atmosphere was was good. But I also thought that no matter they controlled pretty much everything, and it it felt like. Nuno had gone into that going, knowing, right, well, this, well, I know Wolves are going to play like that, so I'm going to approach it this way. We'll we'll soak it up, but I'm still pretty confident in our own ability not to really concede any huge chances. And to to be fair, we didn't until um, there was maybe maybe two real proper chances where, like, shit, they should have scored. But other yeah. than that, we pretty much defended it. Every, you know, it was all kind of like sitting there biting nails, thinking, you know, in the normal frustration, like, fucking come on, Tottenham, get hold of the ball. Um, but it was all kind of in and around a box, and then there's a cross that comes in, it's over here, or a pullback, and it gets dealt with, or headed away. I thought we defended quite well. I wouldn't be I surprised. We defended really well. 
given yeah. the, given the pressure it was on 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 Dyer and Sanchez, I thought we perf- defended incredibly well. Yeah. Like that, it would have been easy. And, and I, uh, you know, as I was watching it, I was thinking they're going to score at any minute, and I felt like that from pretty much sort of zero to maybe forty minutes, where I thought like yeah, they. I didn't- I didn't really feel like that. It didn't. It felt like even the home fans, like they had those moments, like they'd get a couple of corners on the trot, and it would suddenly get very loud. But other than that, it wasn't like I don't know. I still felt relatively comfortable. My, I was just more frustrated that we didn't have more of the balls. And I was like, I want to watch Tottenham play. I don't want us to watch us defend against Wolves. But we weren't allowed. We weren't allowed. To, we weren't just. It wasn't. Even, it, we weren't just sitting back and defending. It was that they were dominant. They did just didn't let us. They just didn't didn't give us an opportunity. Every single time, the ball went to Skip or Hoybier or out to the fullbacks. It was just they were on us like a rash, and it was it was impossible for them to maintain that. And as the game unfolded, we could have towards the end of the game, you know, stuck a couple past them. Should have, yeah, yeah. We, yeah I do probably... I do think it's a it's a weird period at the moment because a lot of the teams at the moment that are playing at home for the first time in in sort of eighteen months. It's going to be a weird sort of skew. Like they're going to get. The sort of buzz they're going to get from the atmosphere for the first time for a long time is going to be is going to have a big effect on the players, like it did for us against Man City, and yeah. it probably did for the Wolves players. Yes, like that factor is such a huge factor. Um, so I think it's no wonder you know we were under the cosh for like the first half at least. Um, I think that factor is going to be quite big for the first few games at least. It's weird that it didn't quite work out for Arsenal being at home, though, didn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Another great weekend of football. Oh, mate, uh, unbelievable! I know no one expected them to get beat by Chelsea. I mean, sorry, everyone expected them to get beat by Chelsea. But um, when when the confirmation comes through and Lukaku scores in his debut, and he, he genuinely, genuinely bullied them, it was uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And, uh, and I just want to um, just want to shout out the fact that they've got a Carabao Cup game this week as well. That's just fucking brilliant. West Brom, they're playing, they're playing this week against West Brom. Proper proper tempo, isn't it? Do do we find ourselves now? Yeah, because what is it? Second round, isn't it? (laughs) Second round. (laughs) You remember the last time we played in the second? I mean, (laughs) you know, we're laughing, but we've got to play in the competition we've just been beating. We're we're one step up on the ladder, aren't we? At least, still. (laughs) Uh, It's a small step, but it's still a step. It's still a step. It's still a step. It's still a step, indeed. Yeah, um, you know, the fact them losing and us winning, and um, we're six points without conceding. And, you know, if you look at that on paper, actually, not just on paper, but on what we saw as well. Like, beating Man City, you know, with your home or away, is a magnificent result. And given all the narrative around that game with Man City, it was it was, it was was a fantastic result. And then you saw Wolves on paper and what we actually, actually had to contend with. And for us to win that game after scoring after, was it 11 minutes or whatever it was, that... Those, I think that as the season progresses, those two results would be really good. Yeah, I, th- I think. Um, I, sorry, I think um, again talking about Nuno, like he's come in facing an ba- uphill battle already. And you look at those two fixtures on paper: your first two games, Man City and Wolves away. Like we could, that could have easily been two losses, and then we'd be sort of sat there thinking like Arteta, you know, he's under pressure straight away. Then we've got Watford, Palace, Arsenal, Chelsea, like all difficult. Derb- we've got three, four London derbies next. Could have been a really tough start, but I think like six points straight away has taken a huge amount of pressure off us. Um, so I'm really, really happy with the start for Nuno, really. It's amazing what a bit of personality will give you in terms of grace as well. Because I t- I, I, And I said this to uh, Wendy yesterday. I said, if that first half had transpired with Jose Mourinho in charge, I might have stormed the pitch. But because because it's not him... 
And like you say, he's, he's faced this uphill battle since coming in, and he's just like a nice guy. I'm all right with it because I can, I can, I can see that it won't always be that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, even if it is that way, that you know, like you say, the figurehead of your football club isn't conducting himself in the way that Jose Mourinho did. So it, like, he is going to get a grace period, and it would be significantly longer than Jose Mourinho's if they had the same results. Because... Can we um, can we big up Deli Alley because I'm excited to talk about him. Go on then. He was incredible. Oh, like that's that's a lot. He's he no, was, he's he... not. He's a diff- He's he is a different player now. So that <laughs> the last time I um, I was at Leicester away when he scored his first goal for Spurs, right? And the player he was then, or went on to be for the rest of that season and a little bit of the next, compared to what he is now, is completely different. He's not. He's not that player now. He's he, he is working more towards a box to box midfielder. He works his absolute bollocks off. The level of of pressing or attempted press is unbelievable. He wants it, doesn't he? He's just. Honestly, I think he. I he think. Do you, Bill, do you think he was hurt by what what was you know how how it came across like the, in terms of the all or nothing doc and how he was treated last season? I think so, and I, I think one of the I think um I think I know that Mourinho labelled him a lazy player, but she's. Couldn't be really be further from the truth. I know. I mean, Based on these first might come games, across yeah. lazy, lazy in training, perhaps. But um, I did fear for Delhi because we play a four-three-three now, and he's not. You know, if you look at the player that he was two, three, four years ago, he's never been someone. He's not been a central midfielder. He's always been someone that was right up behind Kane as like a sort of second striker. But I think the way that he's worked on his game and his fitness, I know, I know for a fact that he ran more than any other player on the pitch against Man City, and I, I'd imagine it was true again yesterday. Like. Um, just seems to he he's finally found that sort of position um where you know i thought how is delhi going to fit into a 4-3-3 but it seems to be like early signs are good that he actually can fit in that 4-3-3 in that centre midfield role and it's really sort of starting to make it his own he was every, honestly he was everywhere he was he he started midway through the first half he started kind of coming down towards not a left back position but coming getting the ball off of regalon quite close and trying to to, to build stuff from there he made I lost count of the amount of interceptions he made on the edge of the box from from pullback crosses where he was there to just get a toe on it or or just to even just to be in the way. Um and then, you know, when we broke he was he was up the other end of the pitch with the rest of them. I just honestly it was it was nice to be able to properly sing his name again yesterday and mean it because he was And uh, um that that movement for the goal is why, why we all fell in love with Danny in the first place. Like yeah, he's in the super. right place at the right time. I know he scored the penalty, but he also won the penalty as well. That with that incredible movement and that Delhi, where you, you know seeing him and making those runs in the box is why it's the player that well, we the, all, all love. I like that he picked it up as well. I like that he picked the ball up and was like, "I'm having this." Because I was everyone was a bit like, "Oh, he's taking it, is he?" Um, His penalty record was really good, I suppose. I yeah, he's I like it. it. He, there was no. He just literally got up, grabbed the ball, put it down. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, was, I just I don't know. Maybe if that was six, seven, eight months ago, maybe maybe some would have took that. Yeah, know, regardless of whether he won. I think you might be right actually, because I was surprised that Son didn't take it. I wanted Son to take it, and I I was hundred percent convinced that Delhi was going to miss it, <laughs> but but uh, he didn't. Mate, it's so cool. Like he's his position and his confidence and he's like, and that's what you want. You want to see out, right? Don't you? You want to see like he's won the penalty. But you want to see the guy who was dominating and was fantastic for Spurs in 2015, 2016, 17. He was, we want to see that guy again. And it and it's a mental thing for him because we know how good he can be because he's proved it over and over again. 
And if he has the mental... He believes in himself, and there isn't people around him that are shitting on him, like Jose Mourinho, then maybe we'll have a player that we didn't realise we have. Like, if, if we if we get Deli Alley from 2016, and I know it might be a different version of him, but if we get someone as effective as him, and we haven't had to spend a penny on it, apart from his wages, then that's a massive improvement. Like, it, the, the way he's gone about himself in pre-season, the game against City, and yesterday... Even when he didn't have the ball, he was chasing, he was harrying. He was, it was almost like he had a point to prove. If you've got Deli Alley with a point to prove, that's, that's something special. And he must know as well, like these players that are coming through at the moment, like the big names like Grealish, your Madison, like Saka, those kind of players, none of them have ever, ever had a season anywhere near as good as Delhi's two breakthrough seasons. Like they've, they've got nowhere near those kind of numbers that he used to put up. Like he must know deep down that if he's on it, he can be, he can be right up there again. So it's great. Like I do think you say it's the mentality of him and he's worked on it this summer and it'd be amazing for him to have like another, another huge season and get back in that England team. I think that'd be an amazing story for him. I'm not sure we'll see those numbers again. I don't think so either. No, but um, I think what he will do and I think what he's got enough football intelligence to be able to do is is to convert himself into a very, very, you know, good version of what we're seeing now. Um, And yeah, it was was just great. He he was great. I thought also, um, I know Sanchez and Dyer both had kind of a a wobble moment each um, in that game. But again, they both defended really well for the most part. You know, Dyer tried to do something that he's not very really good at, and and got caught out. And well, that, that, yeah, that that was in midfield, wasn't it? So if you if yeah. you're if the centre back does that in midfield, then you you know you shouldn't be there. But Sanchez sometimes... was really nervous about Traore. Like the obviously he he panicked a little bit trying to clear it, uh, clear that one in the first half and made a complete hash of it. And then there was one where Traore was running down the left hand side in in the first half, and you know Davidson had a good fifteen yards on him at least. <laughs> Um, and still slid the ball out of play like before Traore was like within two yards of him just because you could just tell that you know he didn't want to risk anything at all I don't, I don't think it's hard to judge like, and the same thing with Tanganga it's hard to judge and you wouldn't I, I don't think any normal person would judge Tanganga on that 90 minutes against Traore and Sanchez had to do a lot because he would he would take Tanganga out of the game at will and then Sanchez would have to make a decision whether what do I stay with Jimenez or whoever was cu- like cu- coming into the box where into the area that Sanchez was supposed to be defending, or do I go to Traore who's going to absolutely rip me a new one regardless? So it was, they, those two were in a really difficult situation for us to come out of that game with a clean sheet, and the fact that Tanganga had a, a yellow card for a, for a fair amount of that game. Uh, yeah, I just I, I I'd, I'd look back at that philosophically and think both Dyer and Sanchez second game on the bounce against really tricky, difficult opposition done well. And, and yeah, again, I, I think I think you'll see. I think it'll be Dyer that ends up keeping his, his place in that team when Romero comes in. Yeah, um, but Romero doesn't start against Watford. No chance. Uh, well, I mean, I just I'm talking longer term. Yeah, I just think. Um, uh, Dyer, you know, one thing that you do miss out of when you when you're not at games, and it just struck me a little bit yesterday. It's just you you see how much uh, talking goes on, and who you know who are in charge of the the talking and the marshalling of of where they think they should be. I mean, Dyer and Regulon were at each other's throats for most of the first half, um, and you know, whereas Davison is obviously pretty quiet. And I think Romero needs you know young coming into a, a new league. He's going to need someone that can you know. Who's going to be vocal and who's going Does to be? Does he speak it. English? 
I don't think so. No. Well, so he's not going to no. be at for, well. He, he could. I guess he could be at um, Reguilón's throat. Yeah, I just mean, might... but it just you know, Dyer has a you know has a bit more of a presence about him than we well, can speak like... Portuguese. So can Romero, I think. Yeah, there you go. I'm pretty sure that Portuguese is the the language of Argentina. Is that right? Or is it Spanish? Yeah, let's just say yeah. No, Billy, you both know, the same, really. Both the same, aren't they? Both, really? but it's, not, it's all the same. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Of course, of course, yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Um, uh, I just want Rob... to shout out um, Hugo as well because um, at a yeah. time at the moment where like you know loyalty in Tottenham is is in the media every single day, and I think he broke our Premier League assist record yesterday. Um, and if you think like back in his career, the amount of shit that he has is had it, to put up with, like he's a Premier League like, appearance record. Uh, top for Tottenham, yeah. He's 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 survived like Shearwood. Uh, had that weird period at the start where he wasn't even in the team when he first joined. Like, and he's been he's shown us incredible loyalty, and he's he's sort of got on with it the whole time. Um, and I think he made a couple of decent saves yesterday, especially that Traore one. And he actually fucking created a chance with with his kicking, which is Twice. not something that Twice he ever, ever 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 does. So I just want to shout out Hugo because um, you know yeah. he's been such an incredible player for us. For sure, I think towards the end of uh, this season, where it's clear that he'll go on to join another football club unless he signs a new contract which he may do but you know he, he could go anywhere he's that he, he's that good and has been consistently that good and there's always been moments where you know he is we thought is he good enough which is like how dare we but um you know it, it'll it, be another one that once he goes and we have to bed in another new goalkeeper and stuff it'll be a it'll be a two three year <laughs> problem for us until we get someone even remotely as good as what Hugo will have been over his career at Tottenham. Do you not One think that you don't realise until they're gone? The, there's a bit of a sort of media crusade for Golini at the moment, isn't there? Like he's he's everywhere. He's on Spurs social media. He's he's featured in the videos. I think they're priming him as the guy who's going to take over from Lloris. And I mean, we don't know enough about him yet to know whether or not that's a good thing or not. Um, the the probably the biggest talking point of the day. Um, certainly outside of Tottenham is the fact that Harry Kane came on the pitch. Uh, you were in the away end, Alex. What yep. was the reaction? Because on, on, on the TV, it sounded loud. Yeah, it was. I didn't hear any negativity whatsoever. Everyone was screaming for him to get on the pitch. Um, I didn't hear, didn't hear a single word, not even in conversation, like around me. Didn't hear, didn't hear a single word of negativity. Um, so know, is, what... it, is, it, is there some sort of... Like so, I always think that the Spurs away support is probably one of the best barometers of how the general fan base feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you go to Twitter and probably listen to podcasts like ours, there may be other opinions. Well, do you, so? Do you think that the Spurs fan base are behind him? That they, they? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt it. It's frustrating to, you know, all of the stuff because we haven't been in the grounds and and you, we haven't seen him or heard from him makes it. You know, there's no doubt that he's made the situation or his the advice that he's taken, however you want to, you know, we talked about it last time, but however however you want to look at it, has made it worse. But, yeah. like I said, on the whole, and yeah, not just on the whole, I mean, literally, I didn't hear a single word of negativity about him yesterday. You know, what's annoying is that his actions have obviously given ammo to away fans to be able to, to you know... What, what were they doing? What were they seeing? Well, they were, you know, he wants to fuck Harry Kane. He wants to fuck off and uh, numerous other things. And it kind of went back and forth. But it's annoying that they've got that ammo. Um, and that's uh, did his. You, did you lock eyes with any of the wall support and go, fuck you, you want some? 
You fucking uh, got outside. I didn't, I didn't outside. really because I was I wasn't with uh, any of you lot, and I wasn't drinking actually yesterday. But I would have uh, at the end. I did. I properly went for it at the end because I was you know the, the old heart rate was up, getting that win. <laughs> I was like right quality. Benton might have said a few a few things about my um, any. Midlands and... neighbours, but of course I live round there now, so you know I don't want, them, don't want anyone recognising me. And, you did know, did you out. throw up any wanker signs? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. properly. Wait, there was, um, there was, it was great, right? Because at the walls, um, at the away in the walls, like the, there's home fans above you as you're going out, um, and there was this one woman. She must have been, I don't know, early forties, uh, and she was just leaning over the edge of the terrace like properly giving it to us as we were walking out like just screaming and and she was just getting egged on and people laughing at her and stuff and i loved it it was just so much fun uh like calling each other cunts constantly for about 30 seconds uh and then she laughed we laughed and we all went on with our lives (laughs) (laughs) there's there's no football's back in it bill like how good is it that fans are back and certainly tottenham away's back Oh, it's just the best thing. Like you know, I love you know. It's great to be back in the stadium against Man City, but you just can't beat an away day. Like it's you know, going up there on the train, drinking on the train, getting there. The atmosphere is, and no matter what anyone says about home, you know, the atmosphere at the, in the new stadium or White Hart Lane, the atmosphere at an away game is totally different. Like it's a totally different experience. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's the best thing in the world. So it's an amazing that it's back. Amazing. And you know what's different as well is that um, I didn't hear a single negativity really about any player. Like Berg one copped a little bit um apart winks actually copped a little bit when he was getting ready to come on um but other than that like you know it was um it, it, overall it's all very very positive you know lacelso come over to take a corner and we all know my feelings on lacelso i kind of just stared at him waiting for him to catch my eye but um yeah i'm sure he yeah. knows you exist well exactly but I, I everyone else was shouting you know clapping him and stuff but i clapped him as well but i wanted him to look at me <laughs> in the eyes uh, so he knows realize that i'm not impressed and he needs to pull his finger out but i mean um, he did he did he was he he played a significant part in mm. turning that that game around in the second half and like i said earlier on it's part of that was about wolves tiring but you know i think a lot of the geo lacelso stick is coming off that game against um that portuguese oh, i've been play. saying it since he signed but no um, i know but you you this is what you do alex you you and we all do you latch on to something well, no, and you won't let it go, you won't let it go. About, and I am right well, he you, will have the same career at Tottenham as Benjamin Stambouli that's what I said from the beginning he's already done more than that he's already done more than Stambouli that's yeah, madness so. he scored against Manchester City Stambouli I don't think he ever scored for us doesn't matter it's the but, same end result it's fine but anyway like I said on the whole it was a it was a brilliant day and it was just uh, it was lovely to be back it was quite surreal actually that's the first time I've been anywhere with that amount of people just together you know, um, yeah, and it was yeah, it was it was odd, but no, it was it was great. And Harry Kane obviously came over and he got a great reception when he came on. And uh, during the halftime warm up, like he he literally warmed up on the closest to, like next to the touchline furthest away from us. I thought, oh, he's bottling this. Do Not even he, like do you think it was like, a warm- that, like someone passed him, uh, which someone intercepted, and he kind of went over to run over to go and get the ball, which was like in the middle of the pitch, and then he just didn't. He he changed his mind and ran back the other way. <laughs> But he did. He did. Uh, he did go to the fans towards the end. I'm not sure how close he got to. You. Oh no, no, he came over and it, that was yeah, that was a little bit um, not odd, but like obviously the game finished and I hung around because I wanted to see what he was going to do. At first, I couldn't see him at first, and I thought maybe he just walked off down the tunnel. And I was like, <laughs> oh god. Um, 
But he came he came over on his own before all the rest of the players came over. So on so his Todd and and clapped the And how the how how close how close to like what what part of the pitch did he like did he think mm, this is I mean, too close? Yeah, I mean it was it wasn't like he just was it, it wasn't normal? like a token effort. He came over, yeah, did his normal thing. He came over and stood there for a good ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, seconds clapping everyone, yeah. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but what did you make? People like saying, "Oh, is that a goodbye?" And it's all this nonsense. But no. Yeah. Anything yeah. I felt was just a bit weird is that he did it on his own and then walked back into the change room, and, and then afterwards, all the rest of the players and Nuno came over, came over, and then clapped us. He'd already gone back in by that point. So, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Like, but he also gave us the the farewell at the end of last season, right? So, yeah, he's not going. I don't think he's going. I, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think they'll come back I mean, in another one, but I don't think they'll get near the price range. And I think we'll just dig our heels in. Give us hundred fifty million, you can have him. That's it. Yeah. That's the way everyone thinks. I think. But uh, Bill, what, what did you make of the whole hurricane situation yesterday? Yeah, I think for me, it's like it's a bit like being in a relationship with someone for like five, six years, and you go downstairs one day and you find her laughing at Mrs. Brown's boys. Like from whatever happens from then on in, you can get married, you can have kids together. But in the back of your mind, you're always going to think, "Shit, I know that I've made a wrong decision somewhere because I know that she likes Mrs. Brown's boys." But I think whatever happens from here on in. <coughs> You know, it could be brilliant. He could end up score, being our top scorer again this season, stay for the next few years or whatever. But in the back of our mind, it's, it just feels a bit different to what it did before. Like, I think he was the one before. He was like our poster boy. I've never loved a player more than him in my life. And whatever happens in from now on, it's going to feel slightly different. Like, it's never going to be quite the same. Um, I don't think he'll go either unless I can't see Man City coming up with the kind of money that we want. So I think we're just going to have to get on with it. But I don't think it's ever going to be the same as it was before yeah. this happened. One thing that did strike me yesterday is again is, is when he came onto the pitch of just how fucking good he is. I mean, it is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he, yeah. You what? Wolves sunk five yards as soon as he came on, and he just made he lifted everything, even in small ways. But he is so fucking good that it's too late now. How many days are left? Eight days or whatever's how many days left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seven tomorrow. We need what? to be having the. I think the fact that we're that there's talk about Traore today. Uh, I think that probably proves that he probably is staying. Because I don't. If he was going, we'd have to be going bigger than Triori. And I think the thing as well, like it's happened in the past. Like it happened with Messi last season. Like he wanted to go, ended up staying, having one of his best seasons with Barca. It happened with Gerard. Happened with Rooney. Like we'll just get on with it. He'll get on with it. We'll get on with it. He's still fucking incredible. He'll be incredible for us, and we'll just move on. Yeah. Uh, I think to end this podcast, we've um, got a question from Rebecca, and uh, she's renowned for sending in very difficult questions. Okay? Uh, so I just want you to think about this properly as I read it out to you. You have to watch every... Uh, you, you have to either watch every Spurs game upside down or every porn video upside down for the rest of your life. Which one are you picking? Oh, that's easy. I watch Spurs upside down all day. You'd rather watch Tottenham Hotspur upside down, <laughs> so you can't really yeah, tell what's going on. You'd never be able to wank again. If I got to stand on my head and have a wank, I mean, I, just, I can't do it. I don't think is the laptop to... upside down or are you upside down? And that's, yeah, that's oh, the yeah. question. That's no, the question. I, I, so you're you're adding different stipulations here because obviously the question is ridiculous. So you can't add real solutions to fix this problem. You, whatever way you are, you, it's upside down for you. But no, but that makes a massive difference. Yeah, it's upside down. So you watch, you can watch Spurs upside down or porn upside down. What That's upside it. down? Are you upside down or is Spurs slash porn? No, the screen down? is. The screen is. Oh, the screen. Oh, okay, then yeah, that's yeah. I'm, I can, I can, I can 
wank to porn that's upside down. That's fine. Yeah. Is that like a Pornhub category, upside down porn? I think that might be, might be quite interesting. Will be. To be honest. hundred percent will be. It's a that's challenge, isn't it? And it's a challenge. And I'm you not want to on OnlyFans because you can only do nudes on OnlyFans. I could do upside down nudes where I just take pictures of myself. Billy, naked, honestly, like... all Alex has done this week is talk about OnlyFans and. No, 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 Flav. All that's happened is Flav has only talked about OnlyFans because Flav came in, spread in, just read like the first four lines of an article, and then went in on a discussion on it, and then we had to clarify for about an hour. Yeah, I, no, I, I like granted, I made a mistake. I jumped in early and said it's all over for you, Al. Um, but as it turns out, I was right because it is all yeah, over for you. To a large extent, yeah. Yeah. They're not banning porn, are they? They're just going to turn it all upside down. They're just going to have exactly <laughs> the same content, but just upside down. Do you know That's what? That, prob- get that, the, get that would probably get, get round the algorithm. That would probably be a way exactly. to cheat it because they're not checking each account. They're just going to have something that some sort of AI that, that sort of monitors this stuff. Turn it upside down, make it smaller, put, uh, you know, Oasis over over the soundtrack. Get away with it. The I sound- think. What are what you going to you- do, Al? Because your multiple su- subscriptions. What are you going to do with them? Because you can't. Like, if they're not giving you what you want, you got to go elsewhere. What are you doing? It's not multiple. I mean, I, I chop and change. It's like, um, you know, it's it's uh, twelve months on OnlyFans. It's like a ninety-minute game of football to me. Like I've got, you know, I have subs. <laughs> I have ones that stay there. You know, the, the stalwarts, and then I have. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have impact players that can come off the bench and you know make the make the difference every every other game. So it well, drops and changes. So um, you know, it's... how do you think they feel like after you know do it like, doing everything they're doing to earn money, and then you're just sort of flinging them away like they're nothing? Because I'm, not I'm I'm doing more for them and for their lives and for women in that in the adult industry than you are. That's a fair point because I'm not doing anything for him really. I'm just sitting here judging you. I'm, I'm literally I'm putting I'm putting uh, I'm putting these these girls through college, mate. I'm like <laughs> you're not. I'm like the eleven plus seven. How much how much does it cost for one of these accounts? Well, it depends. It's different ones, isn't it? Well, yeah, what, what's the the most you might pay? The most I'd pay is probably twelve, but that'd have, that'd have to be you know creme de la creme. Of um... you have to come around your house. That's part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they have yeah. to be your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Officially right. divorced as of this week. Official. So you are. Yeah. So anyone that wants to, you know, DM any proposals. Did you treat yourself to an OnlyFans after? Uh, no, I. Um, I treat myself to. Uh, what did I treat myself to? Uh, oh, a new laptop. Yeah. <laughs> You bought Poor yourself a, you got, <laughs> yeah, okay, so you yeah. you got divorced and you treated yourself to a new laptop. That is, yeah. that's poor. Like buy a pair of trainers or a pair of shoes you can't afford or a suit that you can't afford. A laptop, a suit, that's fucking pathetic. Trainers or what, a suit. What are we doing? Buy myself <laughs> an Alienware laptop because I want to play games because I don't have a wife. When's the last time you had a really good day, Flav? You got, you know, I made a good, good amount of money today. Do you know what? That, that job with Sky has got me a, a few few quid. I'm going to treat myself to a new suit. When's well, that? I, at no point did I ever think I'm going to buy myself a new laptop unless I absolutely needed one for work. Well, I do. I, this one, I mean, you know the issues I've had with this one. I've, I've, bought, I, you know, I've just bought a new laptop. I don't know Alex, what, I, your, what your sorry, uh, sorry, Alex. I support you in whatever you do. Always. Always. But uh, no, so the the upshot is I'm going to start my own OnlyFans of just taking upside down nude stills. Let's see what I happens. One one of the most interesting things about that is that there is a niche for everybody, and um, 
you know, a small, balding, aggressive little man who yeah, lives upside in... Upside down. Upside down little man who lives... No, I wouldn't say little, you know, that's unfair, but, yeah. you know, a small, aggressive, bald man. Stout. Stout. <laughs> Stout. Stout man might actually... You might have a niche and people might be interested in paying yeah, to see you make it out. Pay for anything. Anything. And people pay for anything, they will. How many patrons have we got? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point, great point. All right, on that point, we will finish uh, the fighting cock for this week. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you, Al. Cheers, And do you know what? Two from two. No goals conceded. Watford next week. Pat was we on, can... mate. But was on. just stop being spursy for a, for a week and just beat Watford convincingly. Like, because if we beat them free, if we, if we, if we put four past Watford, and I'm not saying that that's guaranteed, but if we perform really well and we put four past Watford and we've just beaten City and Wolves away, which will prove to be a big result, that's a great, great start. Like, beating three teams... Sorry, go on. Something's happening, mate. Something's fucking... You beat three teams in the league, it's, it's brilliant. But to beat Wolves away, Man City at home... And then beat Watford. I just maybe, maybe we'll be able to do enough to really push some of these teams that are expected to finish in the top four. And maybe even if we sign a couple more players, do more. I think we are a sleeping giant. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the Podcast is sponsored by Cox. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.